Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hi, fellow listeners, and welcome to episode six of Can I Pick Your Brain? Today, I have with me the alchemist entrepreneur, Dov Gordon. Dov has helped tons of businesses gain a consistent flow of ideal clients. He runs a highly successful mastermind group, which currently has over 100 active members, including some of the brightest brains in business. Dov, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain. Thanks for having me, Daniel. (laughs) I can't wait to hear more about uh, the mastermind group and also getting more clients. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what it was like growing up? What was like growing up? How far back do you want to go? <laughs> I mean, considering this is a thirty-minute episode, all right. you know. Okay, uh, background. I mean, I guess it's pretty normal, middle class. Although I've always been interested in in. Uh, I'm from New York, uh, Brooklyn, and uh, been interested in business from thirteen when I discovered the self-help and business sections in the library, and uh, just read 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 everything I could at about twenty-one when I realized I needed to do something to support the family. I'd heard about coaching, and I signed up for a business coaching school, which uh, I, you know, looking back, I don't think much of the coaching schools that I've come across. It's a mm-hmm. topic we can talk about if you're interested. Yep. And uh, But that did help me get started, and I slowly but surely started building up some clients. But um, the truth is that first seven, eight years was a real uphill battle, lots of uh, Lots of knowing that I was good, that I really could help people, knowing that I cared, uh, knowing I had a lot to offer, but not really understanding how to package and present my expertise in a way that would draw my ideal clients to me consistently uh, so that I could you know, turn my expertise into a, a profitable business. And since then, last seven or so years, that's uh, we've figured that out. And I say figured that out because I mean, we figured out parts of it. There's always more to figure out, which we do every day. And we've been slowly fortunate to grow uh, to grow our current business, which is just an evolution of what it's always been. And our focus now is helping experts, consultants, coaches, professionals to uh, create a consistent flow of their ideal clients. You know, all that I figured out the hard way, we've figured out how to help people shortcut a lot of the frustration, head banking and heartache. Mm-hmm. So, Dov, um, for those that don't know what a mastermind group is, can you explain what it is and how can it help entrepreneurs in business? Well, mastermind group could be lots of different things. You know, I mean, a, a mastermind group is essentially a vehicle. So the question is, where do you want it to take you? So it's a destination. The whole idea, I think the term comes back from, from Napoleon Hill's use of the term in Think and Grow Rich, which um, is worth reading if, if yep. people haven't read it yet. And you know, the whole idea, when you bring two or more people together, uh, you've, you have benefit of uh, a, a mastermind, a greater experience, a greater uh, wisdom than anybody has individually. So, uh, you know, of course, who, which people you bring together will greatly influence that, whether it's uh, greater wisdom or greater foolishness. And then, of course, what purpose you're getting together for. So um, people, there's some people who have masterminds because they just want to get outside their business on a regular basis and, and be, you know, pick the brains of other bright people. It could be one other person. It could be two other people that they meet for lunch twice a month. You know? Right. No, I was going to say, so, I mean, mastermind groups, they, they take a lot of time out of a, a busy schedule. So would it not be worth spending the time doing something else? Well, um, like what? <laughs> marketing, marketing, trying to get more clients. I mean, so, I mean, the, we all have to do what Stephen Covey called sharpen the saw. 
right? Mm-hmm. Step back. That was habit seven and the seven habits of highly effective people. Step back and take a, a bird's eye view, a fresh perspective on all the things that we're doing because we're not likely to get where we want to go just by doing and doing and doing. We've got to step back reflect, evaluate, make changes. None of us can do it alone. Nobody can see, none of us can see our own situation clearly enough uh, without some outside help. None of us knows enough. So the thought that, uh, the idea that you're going to hit your targets or get where you want to go just by working nonstop, I think is, is uh, well, it's just not true. Mm-hmm. So you started your own mastermind group. How long ago was that? Well, I've started a couple. and. Oh. Well, I suppose we can, you know, I've started at least three, if you like, okay. right? Um, four, and, and for different purposes. Okay. Uh, I've started, one of the things we did was put together a CEO peer advisory group where I invited CEOs of, um, of non-competing businesses with between 10 and $150 million in sales to, to come together every five weeks or so for half a day. And you put that together yeah, and to learn from each other. That was, that was still back when I was trying to build my uh, con- more of a consulting business to, where I was trying to get more corporate clients. Then that was my first, um, you know, back when I was still banging my head against the wall. So I, I had a lot of success insofar as that I got through to some really impressive people, you know, some well-known CEOs, well-known companies and people, you know, other colleagues would wonder, how did you get through to that person? How did you get a meeting with them? Can you give examples of who those, like, give me an example of a CEO that you managed to to get? I mean, they're they're not multinational companies, so if it's an international Mm -hmm. audience, I don't think anybody would would necessarily know them, but we're talking a $50 million autoclave business. We're talking a $50 million uh, lock, you know, key and lock. That actually is an international company, multi-lock. Right. How did you manage to approach them? I mean, in other words, you're, you're an average guy, right? At the time, you're, you're just this average guy. You're coming along. How do you manage to approach these big, very busy CEOs and get them all together in a room? Cold called them. <laughs> you <laughs> picked up the phone. So that just hey. creates more questions, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. So what, what happened was is that I had actually, I'd actually gotten a hold of a copy of, um, of a Dun & Bradstreet book of, you know, like a thousand businesses in our area. And so, you know, I kind of eliminated the billion dollar ones and I decided I was going to go for the 10 to 150 million. And I put together a kind of, I put together a telephone script that, you know, refined it with a one page fax or email that I could send once I get to the gatekeeper, because you always do, or Mm -hmm. almost always do. Mm -hmm. And we just did it in a way that it's one of my earlier successes at getting the attention and interest of your ideal client. Uh, it's just, you know, that part I actually figured out very well early on. It was turning that into a real business that I had a lot of trouble with. <laughs> so, you know, so I would you know, I'd call, I'd say, this is what we're doing. And I'd say, I'm looking for people who, if they meet these three criteria, and it seems that, you know, Joe's CEO might be, and I'm calling therefore to, to share this and invite him to, you know, to, to talk for a few minutes and we can meet and see if he's a good fit for what we're doing. You know, obviously those those three bullet points, which I do not remember offhand, were were the key. Uh, but those were, you know, and it's the same kind of thinking that, that we help our clients with today to help them message what they do in a way that gets the attention of their ideal clients. And the, the, the reason, you know, in many ways, it was very successful. Uh, the problem was that I did it because I was hoping to to build consulting projects on the back of that. And that was moderately successful. I did get some, but it wasn't enough. I just really didn't. I got a small piece of the puzzle right. I didn't see the whole picture. I didn't understand it. So, you know, it was a valuable learning experience. We take what we could from it and then move to the next step. Right. And, I mean, there's loads of existing mastermind groups out there. Why didn't you just join one instead of start one yourself? 
well, in that case, for that one, I was looking to start and promote my own business. So I was looking to have them as paying clients. There was, it was a membership fee. It was not that much, uh, which might have been part of the problem. But, um, <laughs> right. uh, but, but that was a detail that, you know, we had, um, so they, the idea was that they would pay a membership fee and then they would, um, and then they would, some of them would also want me to help them with aspects of their business. So, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what I would have done. Join what kind of group? I mean, join a, a Vistage group uh, where they do the same thing for their clients. Uh, right. You know, and I don't know. I mean, it, it just seemed like a, you know, buying a franchise of someone else's group. I didn't see the point. M- right. Maybe, maybe I would have benefited in some way, but I'm not, I'm not, don't seem to be very good at doing things other people's ways. I like to learn from their wisdom when it's there. I like to learn from their experience. I like to learn from what they do, but I, I then I like to find my way of doing it because we can always find some ways of improving. So right now you have roughly, what is it, 100 members in one of your mastermind groups at the moment? So that's a very different group, right? Okay. That's, that's a totally different group for a totally different purpose. So okay. what's the purpose of that? That is a joint venture marketing mastermind group. We call that the mm-hmm. JVMM, Joint Venture Marketing Mastermind Group, which was a very creative title that came up with, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, it just describes exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And that was early on when I switched my focus from corporations to helping other consultants, coaches, and experts. And I thought I was starting to figure this out, really, and realizing, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. This is what I got to do better. And, you know, so I decided that I was going to focus on people like myself and we were going, you know, that's how I was going to grow the business. And but I wanted to use the Internet to reach people all over the world. And I was looking for direct marketing savvy people online who were also marketing to entrepreneurs, coaches, small business owners, consultants, experts, etc., professional service firms. I decided that the way I was going to do that was through joint venture teleseminars. So I was looking for certain kinds of people. Now, in that case, in that situation, I actually did join a couple of different online forums, communities run by others, where I was looking to see, okay, where do I find other people who like fit the profile I just described? What was your goal? What, what did you want to achieve out of it? People, my goal was to bring together a group of people who would be happy to promote me to their email list so that my list can grow and vice versa. And when you have a group of such people... Mm-hmm. Then obviously, you know, there's there's some kind of econ- not economy of scale. What's the network effect, right? Where where right. things build upon themselves. That was so, my goal. So I understand. I understand if you've got two guys in a room and each one has you know fifteen thousand email uh, subscribers. So each one wants to to obviously tap into the other, and it makes sense. But here you are. You're coming in. How many subscribers did you have at the time in your email list? I think I had a few hundred. A couple of hundred, which is which is nothing burger in this type of a well, it's a start setting, right? <laughs> Sure, sure. But what I mean is, is that if someone's coming in with thousands of subscribers, why would he want to share with you his list if you've only got a couple of hundred subscribers to share with him? That's a a very good question. And the assumption in the question is that that's what I was doing. Right. And what I realized very early on is that a lot of people want to do this type of affiliate arrangement or joint venture arrangement. And they're like, how do I reach the, you know, these big gurus and you know the ones who are the biggest names how do i get them to promote me which is the wrong question right. uh, and it's not the, you know that's that's not my approach at all what, what i did was i was looking for people who are high quality beginner intermediate advanced who are a little ahead of me a little behind me and that way i felt we can grow together i wasn't trying to get to people who were you know miles and miles ahead of me and by taking that approach seven or so years later we've got people in my group who 
very well-known names. And can you can you share some of those names, or is that private? It's not private. I just I'm not very big into name dropping. I can pull some up. We can have a look at it. But um, but some some really good people. I just I can, I'll tell you why I'm asking yeah. you, adults. The reason why I'm asking is a lot of people listening to this will be thinking, you know, how do I get big influences to, to be part of the mastermind group? How, uh, more importantly, how do I connect to people? I mean, I'll give you one example. I noticed I went on your Facebook uh, feed mm-hmm. this morning and I started scrolling to see, you know, I wanted to dish out, you know, some information. Okay. And I noticed that the, the famous author and speaker, Bob Berg, wished you a happy birthday on, fa- on your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I quote, he says, Dov, wishing you the best for a very happy birthday, my brother. And that's pretty, that's a very impressive. I mean, to get someone like Bob Berg, who's world famous, to be private messaging you, I mean, not private messaging, public messaging you, but making it personal on your Facebook page. Well, um, okay. Bob is a wonderful guy. Uh, we spoke a few weeks ago. I don't remember if it was before or after that. I can't recall. But uh, really good guy. A real you know, genuine good person. So yeah, we've we've met at a, an event last year. Uh, was it last year? In, in 2014, we were in a high-level program together briefly. And um, so, I mean, that's 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 another way. If people want to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a high-end coaching program, that also puts you in touch with uh, some good people. And I'm not being facetious. I'm being serious. You spent tens of thousands of dollars going to these coaching courses. Um, to a there's a pr- program that I've been in for the last year. Yeah. And is it paying off? Absolutely. Wow, that's incredible. You know, there. That's I've always invested in my own growth in my ability to learn from mentors and coaches who I felt at any given time had mastered an aspect of business that I was ready to learn that I needed to master now. Mm-hmm. And in the earlier days, it started off as less, but it was always a significant amount relative to what I had. And I think that lots of people are afraid to do that. And, you know, they think, oh, when I have the money, then I'll invest in the coaching. And it's really backwards. It doesn't work that way. And it's like, what, not this last time, but previously, a number of the four or five years, five years, six years ago, maybe, probably about five, six years ago, you know, I found someone who I felt really would help me get over the next hump. And I borrowed money to do it, you know? Wow. It wasn't wow. Uh, because I really felt that. I was on the right path, and this person could help me uh, get through that. And within a few weeks, uh, I, I was making big changes because, you know, people value the wrong things. It's not about lots and lots of information. You don't need lo- – most people listening to this know what they already know, know, know everything they need to know to do really well. What they don't know is they don't have a deep understanding of what they know. They haven't mastered what they know. They're going out looking for more knowledge and more information. Of some, but, but, you know, you don't need more knowledge and more information. You need somebody to look at what you're doing and to present something that you already know in a different way so that you can finally assimilate it and actually act on it. And, and also know that you never arrive. So what I just described is not, you know, oh, you finally get there and you finally arrive. You finally get to the end zone. There's no such thing. There's right. always going to be another level and... You know, another mistake people make in the way they think is that we're looking for, oh, I want, if I can just get past this, then things will be easier. And the answer is no. Some things will be easier. The things that you, you know, that you de- had to deal with three years ago are easy now. But you're going to be at a new level and things are going to be harder. And you have to become better and stronger and wiser in how you deal with things or nothing's going to change. This whole idea of that we fool ourselves like, okay, and then I'll be okay. Well, no, mm-hmm. you'll be okay right now. And you'll be okay then. But if you're not okay now, then you won't be okay then because you're chasing the wrong thing. You're chasing an illusion. So, yeah. What did you ask me? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> about the uh, the coaching you spent, you say you say you spent tens of thousands of dollars for a coaching course, and I was just asking you whether it was worth it and what you gained out of it. So, mm-hmm. what does it cost to join your mastermind group? What do you charge? Oh, we, depending on what it is, but uh, the main thing that we do is our plenty of clients 100 day sprint, and mm-hmm. that is where we work with uh, people in 100 days to take. To put in place everything they need to create a consistent flow of their ideal clients. And that's a $5,000, $5,900 program at this point, you know, depending on, you know, a few factors. And you know, we have other things that are higher than that and lower than that. But anybody who's really serious, the, the kinds of people who do well with what we're doing and the kinds of people we would accept into it, we don't just take everybody. There's no buy now button that someone could join that. It's people who are pretty knowledgeable and information like they've they studied marketing they have a lot of information and very often they're actually marketing consultants in their own right right they they may be able to help others but when it comes to their business it's just not adding up they're working hard they're doing a lot they're following the advice but they're that they get from it's just not adding up and we help them eliminate and focus on just the critical 10 percent that makes them look brilliant 90 percent of the time and build a simple repeatable marketing and selling system and for anybody who's serious about turning their expertise into a business that's a great investment. So you're helping consultants and coaches basically create the consistent flow of ideal clients. And how do you go about doing that? Can you, can you sort of walk me through what exactly do you, do you give over? What do you teach? How do you get them to, to build that, yeah, so, that consistent flow? So if I ask you and, and um, you know, I'll ask you, well, what's the purpose of a marketing and selling system? Right. To get more clients. Purpose is to get more clients. Right. So that's the usual answer to get more clients, to fill your pipeline and that type of okay. thing. Right. That, that's how most people would say the purpose of marketing sound system or the, you know, the, 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 the popular jargon these days is you know, a funnel, right? To build a marketing uh-huh. funnel. sales funnel, sales funnel right. marketing funnel. It's, it's become so popular as if it's a new word, which as far as I know, it's not. It's like people rediscovered something. It's fascinating. Remember blogging was so big a few years ago. You had to be blogging. Today, it's, uh, it's just not. And a uh, side point, right? Small, important side point, tangent. And that is, the, is that is this, that what we help people, we're tactic agnostic. It's not about the tactic. Every tactic can work and every tactic can fail. And one of the reasons that people really do really well in our in our 100-day sprint is because of that. It's because it's not about, hey, everyone's got to be doing Facebook ads or everybody's going to go to AdWords or SEO or, or cold calling or networking or anything. We've seen, and I'm sure your experience corroborates with this, is that you know every tactic can work, every tactic can fail. What we need to do is need to understand when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? And that's what we work on in the Planning Clients 100-Day Sprint. So a quick analogy, imagine you know, you've know you got Bob and Sally, and Bob has a blue balloon, and Sally has her red balloon, and Bob leaves go of his blue balloon, falls to the floor, hits a tack, and it pops. Sally leaves go of her red balloon, and it starts to drift higher and higher, and we're, you know, we're all standing around looking at that bright, shiny red balloon and how it you know, contrast with the deep blue sky and the occasional white cloud. And you think to yourself, you think to yourself, hey, I don't want to bloom like Bob's. I want to bloom like Sally's. Mm-hmm. So you go out and you buy yourself the brightest, the shiniest, the reddest balloon that you can find. And with a twinkle in your eye, you take a deep breath and you blow it up and you tie a knot and you, you, you look down your nose at Bob and, you know, and then you leave go and your bright, shiny red balloon falls to the floor, the floor hits the same tack as Bob's blue balloon. <laughs> pops right next to his and you think, huh, what did I do? I mean, I'm so frustrated. It's not working for me. I didn't do what Bob did. I did what Sally did. Why did just, why did her sore mind, you know, fall? And of course, the answer is obvious to everybody else that helium. you filled yours with, she filled hers with helium, right? And you filled yours with hot air. But that's the way it is. The color of the balloon is the same thing as the tactic. That's the ad word. That's mm-hmm. the Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the the podcasting. That's you know these are all just different color tactics. Different color so you're balloons. teaching how to basically 
put helium into your marketing. Absolutely. That's what we do. We help them build. We focus on on eliminating most most of the things that everybody says you need to do, you do not need to do. You know, that's... But Dov, let me ask you a question. One of the things that amazes me is that there are a lot of consultants that have never actually launched and grew a successful business themselves. Why would I hire someone to teach me something that he's never achieved himself? Well, that's, um, that's a loaded question. And okay. um, the answer is possibly twofold, right? It depends what you're hiring to teach you. And, you know, there are a lot of consultants who use that or coaches who use that as a, as a reason why you should work with them as opposed to somebody else, because I've, I've run, you know, I've, I've actually built a business to so work with me. Right. And, and, you know, there's something to be said for that. Having said that, one of my very successful large scale consulting projects was a strategy project with a company that had previously hired strategy consulting firm. Now that strategy consulting firm, what was their big pitch? Their big pitch was all of our consultants used to be managers, used to be executives. So go with our firm because they all used to be executives. They're not just consultants. So the, the client company hired that firm and it was a total mess. You know why? Because maybe they were good managers, but good managers also doesn't necessarily mean good consultant. Now, if somebody is really good at a certain skill and they can help you transfer that skill to you, right? Even if they haven't achieved everything you're looking to achieve, that's a good reason to hire them. We do that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit um, kind of, you know, I mean, it's not seeing the full picture to say, well, right. I would only hire somebody who's achieved whatever. No, the, first of all, we have to recognize there's room for multiple advisors and mentors and coaches in every one of our lives. We all need that. So, um, yeah, you picked on something that, that uh, <laughs> I just think that, that we always have to know, like we said at the beginning, what do we want? What's my goal? Why, why would I be doing anything? What do I want to get from it? And then look at the avenues, the alternatives, the means available and say, which one will help me get there fastest? Right, right. You know, another thing I did is actually, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I went onto your website to find out more about you and what you do. I was actually really surprised. Your website looks like it hasn't been updated since my oldest son was born, and he's eight. (laughs) Your picture has like, I don't know, it's like your head is half cut off. It it just looks like you you haven't really like invested much time or, or, or money on the actual website, but you're obviously doing really well. And the reason why I'm bringing this up isn't to obviously bash you. I mean, you know, I'm here to. Uh, I can handle. To, I'm here to pick your brains. I'm I'm asking this question because a lot of people listening to this will be either starting a business or they'll be running a small business and they'll be trying to to come up with the nicest, shiniest, beautiful website. And and people spend months and and thousands of dollars building a, a nice website. And I look at people like you and other successful uh, entrepreneurs and some of the websites are just hideous and I don't understand how you know can you explain what in other words why why haven't you put much into your website well you know the artful cutting off the top of my head is meant to be artful but you know I guess it was lost <laughs> okay. on you or and, and maybe others so that's interesting um, we have gotten some some good feedback on that that's a relatively new photo now sure. I'll tell you I'll tell you the, tr- the truth is no it's fine I appreciate you saying whatever you said uh, you know here's the thing you know and and I have some some somebody on my team also really like hey we need a website and so on and we're all of us are limited there's a limited amount of time in our days and there's a limit to what we can actually do and we have to work backwards, just like I was saying, what's my goal? What's my goal? We're, our goal is to make X number of sales or whatever it is or however we're going to measure our goal in this period of time. And then we look at all the things that we could do, right? Most people don't end up working with me because of my website or not. 
My website is, you know, I think it's okay. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. I think there's, you know, there are a lot of pieces that have to, it, it, it's due for an overhaul. We'll probably get there in a year or so, right? Mm-hmm. The question for us is like, okay, why should I do it? I should do it because some people will land there and think, oh, you know, I don't know. That everybody, you know, every, we're all, none of us could be perfect at everything. That means there'll always be people who will look at something we're doing and say, ah, Bah, forget it. If that, then they probably can't help me. So there are always going to be people like that. So the question is, where are we strong? So we have to look at where am I strong and focus on where I could be strong and improving that. I'm very strong with email. The people who come, my, my email list doesn't happen, doesn't grow because of my website. Right. What happens is, is that we do joint venture webinars and teleseminars, and that's where my subscribers come from. So they're not their their initial introduction to me is through an email from someone they already know and trust. Then they go to a landing page and they opt in and they start getting emails. So the the website itself is probably not even secondary, but tertiary. Uh, it's 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 a nice thing. It makes a difference. Uh, we've recently updated the about page, so it looks nicer than it did even just a few weeks ago. Why? Because I- yeah. What? I did notice that. I, I, I did see the About page did look a little newer. Yeah. So the About page, because the About page really should have been updated a long time ago. But, um, you know, someone on my team's like, hey, I'm updating the About page. Okay, very good. Excellent. Thank- and she did a great job. Uh, and it's the right thing. Apparently, it's one of the most visited pages on a site. So, you know. Okay. It's interesting you brought up email. Can we just get, get to the email for a second? Sure. Because you talked about how you had only a couple of hundred subscribers mm-hmm. when you first started out. How, how many subscribers do you have now? Let's see, about eleven thousand. Wow, that's very good. And how? Okay, so what would you what would you recommend listeners to do today to get more subscribers to that list? Because you you mentioned the website's not where you're going to get the email signups necessarily. What's the most powerful? Where did you get well, the bulk of that? Of that? Let me qualify that. That's that's not where I get the majority. Other people. Right can or do because they've chosen to focus on getting, you know, driving traffic from maybe search engine optimization or some other source. And therefore their website works differently and and achieves different things for them than mine does. What would you suggest though, from your experience to our listeners, what would your suggestion be in terms of growing the, the email subscription list? Well, the, the joint venture approach is definitely a great way to start. You know, I mean, it's something that you could do immediately. There's, uh, you don't have to build up, uh, you don't, like, to start doing Facebook ads, you're going to be spending money uh, figuring it out. There is a learning curve. Start doing AdWords. There is a learning curve. Or you're going to pay someone else to do it for you. To have somebody else promote something of yours to an opt-in page that doesn't, you don't even need a whole website. You just need, has to be a good fit and they have a, a reason to promote it for you. You could be building your, your email list today, tomorrow. It's the, it's very fast. It doesn't What's take six step? months like SEO to really start working, which, you know, I might be wrong about that, but my understanding is it could take three to six months to kick in. It could, six to nine months. Six to nine days. months, okay. Yeah. What, what's the first step you would, you would uh, recommend that they take? The first step that I'd recommend that they take insofar as... Um, Getting on this, you're, you're talking yeah. about joint ventures. Right. A lot of people don't know exactly how do you get started with a joint venture. What do you need to do? Okay, good question. This, this is good because uh, this is something I built over the years and... You know, and I've been asked to create a training on this, so <laughs> uh, I've been meaning it's, it's, it's in Here the pipeline. Go. Yeah. So um, it, it's interesting because uh, more and more of the interviews that I do are, are seem to be touching on this. So maybe it's a it's a sign. Here's the concept. The concept is, is that, well, there's a few underlying principles. Number one is this. There are more subscribers on my email list who will never buy anything from me, but they might buy it from you and vice versa. 
right? But they're there. They're on my list for a reason. The reason is they're looking for something. They're looking for, for help. They're looking for someone who could help them solve their problem and get some result that they want, right? So if I trust you and what you have to offer and vice versa, it makes a lot of sense for me to promote you to my subscribers where say, hey, you know, Daniel's got this or that available. It's for this and that. It's for these types of people. If that's you, go here and get it, you know, register for his webinar, sign up for his PDF or whatever, or ebook or whatever it might be. Right. Right. Uh, And vice versa. Why? Because everybody wins because I'm sending people on my list access to a good resource. You're providing a good resource and getting yourself some new email subscribers. And you can continue sending them emails until they say, I don't want anymore. And they can opt out with click of a button. Right. So let me get this straight. So you are going to send your subscribers, your 11,000 subscribers to, let's say, my website, for example. Right. Why would that help you? I mean, isn't that, well, is, in a way, aren't isn't that taking, taking a risk? You might end up losing losing them to the, com, not compet. I mean, I don't know if you would call it competition, but I'm saying people only have a limited amount of time. People don't want to be subscribed to, you know, tons of different emails. Maybe they'll unsubscribe mm-hmm. to yours and join the other person. That is, That's a risk. That is definitely a risk. But the, the, the point is that what I'm looking for is I'm looking for them to do something similar for me, right? And... If we end up with, if we each end up with essentially um, a net of a more or less even, it's never a perfectly even number of new subscribers, then we can each focus on growing our business. There are people that will leave me and go with you and then never come back to me. And maybe some of them might have bought something from me uh, in the future. It's really hard to know. And maybe I lost out, but you never really know. What I know for sure is that I helped you and I know for sure that you helped me. And I also know for sure that there's some people who will buy from both of us. And at the end of the day, it's also, it's really about what's, you know, if it's good for every, if it's good for the subscribers, if you provide, you know, if, if you're introducing them to people who really can help, then it's good for it's good for me as well. Everybody wins. Here's the thing, and this is this is the you know the the fundamental principle that I started uh, sharing, and that is that you know you have to look at this as uh, with an abundant perspective. It's not like you know they're going to buy. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just not like there's it's, it's not cutthroat competition. There's so much. The market out there is so huge. So huge that if I start taking a, a minimalistic approach or like a, a paranoid, fearful approach, so like uh, as if I have to protect my little turf, it's silly. <laughs> it's just, right. it's short-sighted. It's narrow-minded. Right. It's you know it's anything anything like that. It's not broad-minded. It's not open-minded. It's not big thinking. So uh, yeah, there are risks. There are risks to everything. Everything has risks. You know, and and I'll say this also, you know, there's that uh, there's that conventional wisdom. Don't leave money on the table. You ever heard mm-hmm. that? Yep. Yeah. Don't leave, right. Times. So no one wants to leave money on the table. Right. But it's just it's also that that's an ex- especially especially if my wife's at home and she's going to go take it. to the <laughs> OK, <laughs> well, but I bet you do anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which 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 maybe supports the point I'm about to make, which is that, you know, that's that's, again, kind of conventional thinking that leads people to act out of fear instead of acting out of a desire to create something valuable. Right. Mm. We're all leaving money on the table. We will all always leave money on the table. There's nobody, you know, the old saying on Wall Street says, go, uh, right, bulls make money, bears make money, only pigs lose money. Let's <laughs> stop worrying about leaving money on the table. Let's start spreading something good. Let's start really impacting other people. And let's work out of a desire to create something good rather than a desire to, to preserve something that's okay, right? That, that's fear. If you're making your strategic and tactical decisions based on fear, then, you know, you're, you're like, you're, you're really limiting yourself. If you're making those decisions based on, hey, how could we do something bigger? How could we impact more people? How could we serve more people? Then, you know, then you're going to, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're by, it's impossible to not leave money on the table. 
Because you're going to have to do something. It doesn't matter what tactic you use. There's always going to be leaving money on the table. There's right. a famous quote from somebody in the advertising industry decades ago. I forget who it was. Oh, it wasn't. It was a maybe it was Wanamaker, like a famous retailer. I think it was. He says, "I know, I know that half of my advertising is a waste, is waste of money. I just don't know which half." Right. Right. So yeah. you know, it's it's just another bit of conventional wisdom that we need to really challenge everything that we're told, everything that we believe, because the truth is, our only real limitations are what we believe. It's those beliefs that we have and, and what, how it causes us to, to see or not see what's in front of us. Mm-hmm. You also talk about the eavesdrop effect, I noticed. What is the eavesdrop effect? Okay, so the eavesdrop effect is, this takes us back to a question that you asked earlier that we kind of veered from, which is how do we help people um, how do we help our clients, let's say, in 100 days sprint to, right. to create a consistent flow of their ideal clients, right? So the eavesdrop effect is, well, let me, let me say it this way. There are, to attract your ideal clients, you, you've got everything you do, right? The purpose of your marketing and selling system, we said earlier what it isn't. We never ended up saying what it is. The purpose of your marketing right. and selling system, uh, it's, a, it's an oversimplified answer to say that the purpose of it is to, is to make a sale, to fill your pipeline. The simplicity on the far side of complexity answer, which is a brilliant quote from, um, what's his <laughs> name? I forget. He said, I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity. I would give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. Yeah, that was uh, just, I can't think of his name right now. But it ends with junior. Anyway, uh, so Robert Downey. No, uh, no. Okay, so uh, you know, one of these philosopher people. So yeah. right. So everything that we do around here, in you know, at the Alchemist Entrepreneurs, we're looking for simplicity on the far side of complexity. So the purpose of the marketing and selling system is not to it's not to fill your pipeline. That's true, but it's the oversimplified truth. It doesn't help you know what to do next, right? You, it, it's believing that that keeps people running in circles. Well, the, but the, the real purpose, the simplicity and the far side of complexity answer is this. The purpose of your marketing and selling system, the purpose of your sales and marketing funnel is to answer the number one question on the minds of your ideal client at just the right time. And because that's on the far side of complexity, it requires a little bit of explanation. So I'll, I'll do like a crash course. We have a longer free version of this, which we can give away the link if you, if you want. Uh, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, so the, the longer version of this is a webinar that people can get a recording of it anytime. It's called How to Be Noticed, Be Valued, Be Paid by the Clients You Want Most. They can get it at dovegordon.net forward slash be paid. That's D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N.net forward slash B-E-P-A-I-D. So for those listening, that will be a link in the show notes so you can access that. Yeah, there. great. Thank you. So the idea is really this, so that your ideal client has is only ever going to have three basic questions when they come across you. So the first question when they come across you, no matter how they come across you, the first question is going to be, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a Facebook ad. It doesn't matter if it's a webinar. It doesn't matter if it's a booth at a convention. It doesn't matter if you're standing on the street corner with a soapbox, you know, with a sandwich board on it, right? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Their first question is always going to be the same. Should I pay attention? Is it interesting? If your marketing leads them to their brain to say, yes, that is interesting, then instantly they have their second question. Their second question is, okay, you got me interested, but can I trust you? Are you for real? Mm -hmm. And if your marketing then then helps them answer, yes, I, I can trust you, then instantly they have a third question, which is, okay, you got me interested. I see I can trust you. Final question, is what you recommend right for me? Is what you recommend right for me? How come price isn't in there, by the way? I'm well, price would be a factor or a part of determining if it's what you recommend right Is it you. right? Right. So those right. are the only three questions that anybody's ever really asking about deciding to become a client. And therefore, the purpose of your marketing and selling system, everything you do, all of your activity, really 
should be designed only to help your ideal clients answer yes to one or more of those questions. Right. So so you asked me about the website. Right. Our website is not, you know, it's, it's, it's not whatever. It, it needs an, an overhaul and it'll get it, like we said, in a year or so. Right. Okay. But because we know that in order to help our ideal clients answer yes to that first question and then the second question, and then the third question, we can continue to do that very effectively in the near future without improving our website. But it's not that we don't want to improve it. It's that we can see other areas where we can improve that will have a bigger impact and a faster return. So, you know, rather than like you described the, the, the very common scenario where people go and they spend all this money and their time on getting their website just right, but that's before they've made any sales. Well, I'd rather make sales, you know, really help clients like we do every day and then grow over time and then have the website come afterwards or, or a better website come afterwards. And there are so many things that we can improve, right? So that's, that's what we're focused on because we're all, we've all got to pick that what's the, what's the critical 10% that's going to really make us, give us 90% of what we want. The critical 10% that makes it brilliant 90% of the time, right? Amazing. So right. what we do is we help people build a simple marketing and selling system, like the minimum viable marketing and selling system, if you like, to buy, borrow or steal a term from you know, product development, right? What's the minimum right. viable product or minimum viable marketing and selling system that can help you get in front of your ideal clients? Because again, what people, the mistake most people make is not that they don't know what to do. It's that they have too much information and they're trying to do too much. So they master none of it, right? With all the, you know, the, with all the information out there, Right. Mm -hmm. What we're really missing is mastery. People are all over the place trying to do some of this and trying to do some of that. And, and what happens is that right, one of the re one of the reasons that we're doing well with the Plenty of Clients 100 Day Sprint and our clients are doing well is because we help them focus on just a few things, just a few things. And we and, and what happens usually is that that when people are, you know, again, we, we work with people who have a high degree of confidence in their ability to to impact their clients. They're very good at what they do. They know they can do well, just like I used to be that frustration I used to have. I knew I could, could do well. I didn't quite know how to how to get others to hire me for that or how to pay for it. I didn't understand that. I didn't see that. So they have a low degree of confidence on the second part about conveying that to others and turning it into a thriving business. So we have a lot of people like they have that confidence. And what happens is, is that they're doing and doing and doing. They're trying to do all the things that all the experts say you got to be doing. But all the time they're asking themselves, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it right? Will this ever work? And you have all those questions. And then what happens is like you hit a wall and they're thinking, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing it right? Will it ever work? And they don't really know because they don't have anybody who's really committed to their success, who's looking over their shoulder, giving them detailed feedback on everything they're doing. So all they do is they bounce off the wall and head in another direction, like the Roomba vacuum cleaner, and they try something else, <laughs> and they go to the next person. They go to the next, uh, the next guru, the next expert, the next uh, bit of information. And what we do is with our clients, we say, you hit a wall, keep hitting. Take a chink out of the wall, and now another chink, and another chink, and another chink, and then the wall collapses, and then you break through. And then, like we said before, there's another wall on the other side. But, you know, there is right. a breathing space in between, right? There's, there is time to celebrate. There is, you know, there is, like, suddenly you're at a new level. Right. And when you have somebody who can help you focus on the on all of your attention and all of your actions are focused on a small number of things that make a really big difference. That's where people suddenly find that, wow, OK, this is what I needed. This is what this is what I've been missing my entire professional or independent consultant coach business, you know, entrepreneurial life. Dove, you've been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. Thank you to all my fellow listeners for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the day. When I will be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. 
So, to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.